what seems to be the problem here? Are you a doctor? Mantis Toboggan, MD. You want this young man to live? You're gonna have to give me some aspirin, a roll of duct tape, a bag of peanuts, and four beers. Welcome to the Grumpy Metalheads podcast with the heavy metal strength coach and Shrub 666. Hi guys and welcome to another edition of the Grumpy Metalheads podcast. I am the Heavy Metal Strength Coach and I'm joined as ever by my brother in Metal Shrub 666. <gasps> How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, it's been uh, first days off since March over the last couple of days, which was really good. Uh, I drank too much, Tara did not. <laughs> um, so yeah, feeling good this morning at 8.48. Um, yeah, Lovely. So, let's get right into this thing. What have you got for me this week? All right, I'm going to start off with um, a, a Swedish band that have been going around since 2011, and it's a band called Ages. This is their second album. It's called Uncrown. It's out on Black Lodge Records, who I've never heard of before. But um, and, and I hadn't heard of this band until it turned up in one of my um, recommended playlists from Spotify. And it's a really, really good slice of melodic black metal. Oh, you yeah. know, for fans of, we, we spoke about dissection last week, for fans of that type of music, Nagelfar a little bit at times, and definitely a band called Dawn, mm-hmm. um, who, who did an, an amazing album several, several years ago and then never did anything else afterwards, which is really, right. really annoying because it was an astonishingly good album. Um, I'll let you know what it is later on because I've forgotten it's Slaughter Sun and then there's some other bits that follow on from it. Okay. Um, it's an absolutely cracking album, this one. Um, yeah, what can I say? I mean, it's got it's got sort of like um, female choirs in, in some songs and a bit of acoustic guitar and clean guitars. And yeah, it's just really, really good. Um, <clears throat> my favourite track off the album is Illicit State because it just has this flow and rhythm to it, which is really, really good. Um, but... Undivine is the song that's got this kind of choral finish at the end of it, which is really, really good. Um, just breaks up that pace of the album a little bit and gives you a bit more melody. Um, it, but it, a great listen from start to finish. It kind of just hooks you straight away. It's got those, it, weirdly, it's got little pop hooks all over the place in it, which just kind of keep you listening and want you to keep listening. So Yeah, there's, there's, there's a real, there's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, in this album and um, it's appeared in my Discover Weekly a few times on Spotify because a number of the songs had made it onto my playlist before I listened to the first album because I could see the little downloaded emblem next to it. Yeah. And so I was looking through thinking, all right, I already must like this band because I've, I've put a couple in the playlist and then listening to the full thing, full thing through, it's a real journey and I completely agree with those song recommendations. They were my favourites as well. Yeah, yeah, they, they, those two songs in particular do seem to stand out from the rest. You know, they, they've got everything in it that you want from this type of music. Um, yeah, I don't think there was, I don't think there was a weak song in there either. So I wouldn't no. recommend listening to the album as an experience as one. 
rather yeah. than thinking that you only need to um, drop into one or two songs on there. It is a, a solid listen from yeah. start to finish. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a proper, proper good album listen. Those two tracks are stand out. So if you do just want to dip your toe in and, and have a listen to those two songs in particular, just to see whether it would be something you would listen to, yeah. by all means, choose those two songs because they are the two standout tracks from the album. Um, but like you say, the, the rest of the album is not weak just because those two are strong. They, they just stand out because there's something about them. There's little hooks and little melodies in there that just grab you a little bit more than, than the rest of it. But as a whole piece, it's a really, really good album. Yeah, absolutely solid. All right, my friend, uh, what else have you got for me this week? Well, I'm going to go on to another Swedish band. And again, they started in 2011 as well. Different part of Sweden, though. Um, a band called Serpent Omega. I know you're not too much of a fan of this. And the album's called Two, II. It's basically what it is. Yeah. Um, it's self-released. It's their second album, as I said. Um, this is more sort of like sludge doom with a female vocalist. And I... I come across them years ago, I think via Bandcamp um, on their first album and was absolutely blown away by the sludgy, filthy riffs that they do. But her vocals were in complete contrast because they were the high-pitched screams, but not annoying high-pitched screams. And, 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 I, and it, just, it just blew me away and was um, a great hangover cure for driving home from Leeds at the time. So um, me and a friend of mine, <laughs> we were listening to it and both we both loved it and thought it, it was fantastic their first album so I was I was so pleased that there was a second album coming and been looking forward to this for a while and a couple of songs they'd released earlier on were really I, I really properly enjoyed them and felt that it was a continuation from where the first album was um, but this one she actually does some more cleaner vocals at times on it and, and adds a, a, another contrast completely to a sort of like rasping screams that she does normally um, and so it's a really, really good album. So again, fans of sort of like, I imagine Crowbar and a mixture of High on Fire at times, but sometimes a bit slower, but with female vocals. So it's kind of, kind of that style for people that, that enjoy that sort of stuff. Um, for me, a standout track on that album was Land of Darkness because it has, it has a good mix of all her vocal styles in it in it and and she really does make this album stand out from other bands doing similar stuff like this not necessarily crowbar because i mean obviously they're they're gods amongst this sort of stuff um but there's lots of other bands out there doing that sort of like sludge doom stuff uh, and she kind of elevates them just a little bit out of out of a lot of them you know so you can you they they are a bit more of a standout band so I'm hoping at some point they get picked up by a slightly bigger label and get a slightly better distribution and PR around them because they do deserve it. I mean, I, I felt they deserved it from the first album, um, but from the looks of it, it never got picked up. And hopefully the second album might do it for them. So, yeah. I think this is why um, places like Bandcamp are so important because as we knew um, from the Imperial Skies and Chapters, they can be fantastic albums released and not get picked up, but places like Bandcamp allow it to survive until it will ultimately pick up, hopefully, uh, pick up the yeah. traction that it deserves, and hopefully Serpent Amiga will uh, will be the same. Didn't quite click for me, 
um, but fully get where you're coming from with her vocals, um, bringing it above um, other releases in the genre and making it something that really does make it stand out. So I definitely need to go back and listen to it again if it uh, is as good because we normally very much agree on our musical tastes. So. Yeah, we do pretty much. But yeah, I mean, it's always good if, if you find something that, that the other doesn't like. I mean, that's, that, that's the beauty of why we like listening to music. Um, yeah, but I, I really enjoyed it. Like I say, I enjoyed it from the first album, so had good expectations and, it, and I didn't get let down um, with this, this second album. For me, it, it, was, it was definitely a progression, the next step on for them. And, and yeah, I think it's, I, I personally really enjoyed it. it. It's not for everyone. Uh, Sludge and Doom isn't for everyone. So, and we don't want to be. that style of vocals isn't for everyone. So, you know, it, it's, I, I'm happy. Um, I enjoy it. I recommend people give it a listen. Uh, if you don't like it, then that's fine. You know, it, oh, yeah, it, I mean, I think, I think our listeners will be uh, astute enough to make up their own minds without uh, bashing on anything. And, uh, yeah, I think this is quite a term recommendation for us, so uh, I think uh, <laughs> we're all good. I think out of the more palatable forms of metal doom uh, yeah. and sludgy kind of stuff is a little bit more acceptable anyway, so I think we'll be just fine on that one. Um, okay, yeah. my friend, what else have we got? Right, um, another album that's basically, this is a super group um, from the US stroke UK, and you'll see why I say US and UK. Um, it's called Venomous Concept. Um, yes. <laughs> and the album's Politics versus Erection out on Seasons of Mist. Um, this band been going since about 2003 and it is their, only their fourth album. However, it has got Shane Embry from Napalm Death, Danny Herrera from Napalm Death, Kevin Sharp from Brutal Truth and John Cook from Corrupt Moral Altar. So, um, but it had... Um, can't remember his name the guy from melvin's with the big hair yeah. um he he was one of the originators of this band way back in 2003 and also they've had uh dan lilka from nuclear assault and brutal truth also in this band at some point for a period of time so um this band is a super group of all the sort of like um really extreme hardcore stroke grindcore bands um that have been around but this is more sort of like that hardcore punk with elements of grind in it um but it is just a violent album of an average length of two and a half to three minute songs yeah. um with samples in there from which i'm still trying to figure out there's a sample at the beginning of a song called lemonade which i i think is just a fantastic song. <laughs> it's a great song yeah, yeah, and it starts off like, you know, what we used to do at weekends for entertainment, fighting, fucking fighting. And it's like, I just, I'm determined to find where that, that sample's come from because I fucking, I, I just love the whole intro of that. Um, and then there's... I reckon if you drop them a message, they'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah, probably. I might, have, I might just have to go and do that now and, and just, because it's bugged me for about two or three weeks now. I've been trying to find this sample and where it's come from. And then there's a, the so a song on there called Mantis Toboggan, which just ends with this completely bonkers song about a seagull. <laughs> um, do you know what Mantis Toboggan is? No. Um, so that's a reference to Danny DeVito's character in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, uh, I don't watch that, um, so that's probably yeah, why I didn't get it. Pretending to be a doctor called Mantis Toboggan. Uh, and yeah, oh, the, so that's... Uh, 
that's a real deep reference in there. That's uh, I'm, I'm, okay. Um, well, I... the name, the, even the name Venomous Concept is a play on the words for a band called Poison Idea. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, this is a meta band, then it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, super political. So, and um, I mean, the cover's got um, the character from Mad Magazine. I finally figured out the name of the magazine from the, the American um, sort of like satirical comic that was done years ago, and Donald Trump. So it's kind of a merge of those two faces together, which is which it kind of says what the album's going to be about. Really, it it is political. Um, it is social looking. So, um, as expected with a lot of grindcore bands, because that's pretty much what the majority of original grindcore bands like Napalm Death were all about, Brutal Truth were all about. They, they look at the social ills of the world and basically create songs, violent, aggressive songs relating to that. And this is no different, um, but again, it, what a great supergroup that is. Mm -hmm. um, it was when, from Kevin, when Kevin Sharp was... Um, being road crew for Napalm Death and Nile tour. Oh my God. Him and, him and Shane Embry just sat there and uh, got drunk over pizza and chips or something and decided to start a band called Venomous Concept because they were talking about their love of like that hardcore, that hardcore punk stuff like um, the exploited and, and stuff like that and, and, and Black Flag and Poison Idea and that sort of stuff. And that's where that, and that's where that idea come from. Okay. There we go. All right. Any anyone else um, been filling your ears this week, uh, my friend? Um, no. The Ocean have released yet another song off their album. I think it comes out in in a week or so's time, and that which is going it's going to be an incredible, absolutely incredible album because that's an incredible song. But there is yeah. There's a there's a few others. Olver's latest album. It took me a few listens to get into, but I finally I, I finally clicked into a couple of songs in it. I think I still need another couple of listens for that one to properly sink in. Yeah. Uh, mostly because Olver now do sort of like almost that 80s dark wave type stuff, you know, like Depeche Mode, almost that kind of that kind of style. But their lyrics are still pretty dark and twisted. So it's the kind of stuff you could hear played quite happily on, on Radio 2. And, and your mum would love it. Um, but she wouldn't actually realise that what they were singing about, if that makes sense. Because it's not, you know, it's all clean vocals and stuff like that. But the lyrics, yeah, they're, they're a little bit dark. But um, yeah, it, very much like their last album, it, it, took, it takes a few listens for, for that one to wash over and, and sink in. So um, yeah, it, it, it's a good one. Um, so that, that's been on, on a little bit, but um, other than that, it's the, a lull this week, so I think next week I've got about 15 albums to get through <laughs> to choose from. It's been an interesting week of listening to me. Um, so there is a Vancouver-based band called Wormwitch that released an, an album, Heaven That Dwells Within, and it has what looks like a pagan lady um, on the front, so I was expecting something um, more like Pink Floyd, more like... A, later opeth something like that but um for anyone that likes death metal black metal where the drums are just so tight the vocals are amazing and a little bit like that ages album there's a little bit of everything this is the album for you it is so good from start to finish and this one was released i forget off the top of my head 
um, on the 5th of April 2019. And if I'd have listened to it then, it easily would have been my fav- one of my favourite albums of 2019. So nice. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Um, the name Wormwitch, I think I've, I've seen around, but I don't think I actually had... I had actually gone and given it a listen. I think a few other bands had mentioned it, along with the likes of um, Two Mole, Blood Incantation, uh, Gate Creeper, because there's a there's a quite a few death metal bands that are coming out that that are of that kind of ilk. And um, I mean, the ones obviously I've mentioned, I, I, I've mentioned on numerous occasions because they're constantly turning up in my playlist once in a blue moon just to feel fresh and clean (laughs) you can't feel fresh and clean after listening to some filthy um death metal but um but you know that that, because that's my sort of like go-to to to music at times it's you know that but yeah so i I think when which i remember hearing the name coming around but i off the top of my head i can't remember actually whether i went and gave it a listen or not i probably did because it wouldn't be a surprise if i went through it Uh, and then another album speaking of filthy death and black metal um, an album called Obliteration by the band Entrails who come out of Sweden this one uh, an old an old old album for this podcast it was released another one in May but May 19th 2015 so I mean that that seems like a a lifetime ago but this one just punches you in the face Um, and a mode between uh, black and death metal again um, but another fantastic album for anyone to check yeah, out. Yeah, Entrails have been around for a while. Yeah. They're, they're really good. Um, I I saw them a few years ago in Tilburg in Holland. Yeah. Uh, I think they play, it, it must. It would have been Netherlands Death Fest. I can't remember which one. It was either the first one or the second one of Netherlands Death Fest. Um, yeah, great, great old school death metal band. Yeah, they, they just play filthy riffs. From start to finish, it's um, all they needed to wash after this album, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Usually, yeah, you're washing entrails off because <laughs> that, that's basically what they shower you in is absolutely fetid yeah. entrails, really. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I've got a lot more of them to listen to this week, and then they've got plenty, they've got plenty around to listen to. So, <laughs> uh, and Paradise Lost continues its march to being my, possibly my favorite band of all time. Um, this week I was listening to an album called The Plague Within and yeah. um, I didn't think anything would get near Obsidian and this again is as good, it's wonderful from start to finish, it's emotive, it's painful at times, it's beautiful at times. Um, sometimes my favourite song on there is Cry Out, sometimes it's Victim of the Past. Sometimes it's an eternity of lies. I just, I, I, I can't make up my mind on it. It's just yeah. strong song after strong song. And if there's other albums like this in its, uh, in Paradise Lost discography. Are you working through their discography backwards then? Uh, basically, anytime it props up on my um, Discover Weekly, I'll listen to that album through. Um, right. This time it was, um, what is it? Uh, the Plague Within, and as soon as I heard the first song, No Hope In Sight, it was like, right, I'm going to have to listen to this whole thing. Um, yeah. So I'm just kind of dipping in and out a bit as I experience it, and that seems to be working well. Yeah, nice. Well, I can't wait till you get some of the... I I don't know whether any of their older stuff will properly turn up on there for you or not, that, doing it that way. Yeah. But um, you could go back to Draconian Times, Icon, 
um, Shades of God. I mean, for me, Shades of God's absolutely astonishing, and so is Draconian Times. So, because um, I, I remember going to see them on on the Draconian Times tour, so which I think is about 1993, four, maybe somewhere around that time, two, uh, yeah, a long time ago now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I remember going and seeing them all, all the way back then. So, um, yeah, so th those albums will stay with me forever anyway as being, for me, they're pinnacle stuff, um, especially sort of like draconian times. And no, it was the Icon Tour was the first time I saw him, sorry, in 92, 93, and then Draconian Times the year, the couple of years later. Um, but Icon for me was their absolute pinnacle. Um, Shades of God, you could see them changing from proper, proper doom death into sort of like more kind of emotive doom and less of the death, but that death was still very much there. And then Icon for me was the, the final step of almost dropping the death, but still keeping some of that, that element around it. But um, for me, that, that's where it really started to change. And to be honest, that's where, what Obsidian sounds like. It's very much like Icon and Draconian Times. So a kind of a nice combination, picking the best parts of those two albums and making Obsidian so... Um, strong strong band and just they, they all the musicians in that band seem to have a real eye for creating wonderful songs without anything seeming gimmicky and being able yeah. to add things in and uh, bring in influences and just basically do what the fuck they want yeah yeah well they, they've earned they've earned that now and <clears throat> and they've learned their tradecraft so well now that it, it pro it's probably just second nature to them now. They don't. They probably don't even realise half the time that, <laughs> that they've been able to write write like that. You know, it, it's just it, it just is what it is with them. So, um, yeah, yeah, they're probably a nice band, and they're they're relatively local to us here anyway, aren't they? So, because they're only from Halifax. So, local boys. All right, my friend. We have <laughs> five minutes left. So, what is our essential metal? listening this week my friend you're gonna love it because um this is a band we we both properly properly enjoy um and it's bolt throws war master album yeah <laughs> um yeah come out in february 1991 so not long after you were born i think mate <laughs> yeah, and, and it was their third album by this point in time as well. oh, i think this is the second time bolt throw has been our essential listener is it? I think so. Um, I'll have to look back on the uh, on the I, records. I'll see. Yeah, I, I'd had a look back and I couldn't find it. But I mean, that we constantly mention them whenever we come across bands that. <coughs> you want to you want to tell um, the listeners about how um, Bolt Throw used to uh, hook me into something this week, Shrubs? They used to what? Um, when you sent me that link regarding a new. <laughs> yeah, because I got done by it as well. Uh, yeah, um, there's been, um, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to call it, but, but a message has been going around. Clickbait is what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's clickbait for Rick Astley, not, not for anything else. So be warned if anyone tells you that Bolt Thrower are doing a new album, because they're not. Um, I got a little bit excited, pressed the button to read the article, and next thing you know, I've got... Um, Rick Astley playing, never going to give you up. In my yeah, so we're all, 
Both Thoreau are still dead. But yeah. anyway, what a master. Carry on. And what and for me, this this album is just absolute top notch stuff. I mean I, I don't I don't know what more to say about it really, other than it's such a powerful, powerful album. There is definitely not a single weak song on here. My favourite is Cenotaph, always has been, always yeah. will be. Um, even the opening track, um, let me go and remind myself what, what it's called, uh, Unleashed Upon Mankind with that intro, you just get that real deep bass, <coughs> the feedback type thing going on, and then, then it just kicks in and you're like, oof, it is literally like a kick to the stomach, not a punch. There's no punching goes on on here. This is full on stomping on your head until you appreciate it. There is just, and, and those riffs are so thick and heavy. I mean, properly, properly thick. I mean, the production on this album is so good as well. I mean, they just captured the whole atmospheric of what you want. I mean, it is like being in the most brutal war ever. Yep. Um, you're just covered in crap. <laughs> and you know, you, you just, you're in absolute terror and, and your adrenaline's pumping and everything. It, it's, and those riffs just feel like they're the fucking cannon shells landing around you <laughs> constantly. I mean, it, it, for me, I, I love this album. Um, I, it will always, it will always keep coming up on my playlist at least once a year, if not twice a year, just cause you go, oh, I need to listen to that album again. So um, yeah, it, it's for me. It's it's a definite essential listen if you love death metal and some of the originators of death metal, especially those around war. So I mean, we we talked about Panzerfaust um, last week, and um, you know, and very much the bands that are do, the black metal bands that are doing that. But I, I imagine some of their lyrical style and and and. and Without doubt, these bands would have listened to Bolt Throw at some point. I mean, oh, yeah. Bolt Throw, they're another band that, that once they hit this album, everything else become more consistent afterwards. This was the most consistent they'd been up to this point. And this is their third album. So, but this was, the, for me, the most consistent album that, that they'd done. And everything else after this kind of followed this one as being rock solid, consistent album filled, filled with riffs and Carl Willits is still carrying on doing it with Memoriam so um, again uh, you know you could you could be forgiven for thinking that, that Memoriam was basically bolt thrower because you know that that same writing style and everything else has just carried on into Memoriam. Is it just so, Carl Willits uh, in Memoriam? Yeah, yeah as far as I'm aware it's just Carl Willits from bolt thrower that's um, in, in Memoriam as well so um, Probably yeah, yeah. band as well, to be fair. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, they're on their third album as well now, aren't they? So. Yeah, and it's about 84. So. <laughs> <laughs> but still cranking out amazing stuff. All right, my friend. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. No um, and I will see you again next week. Definitely. Take it easy.